let's get right to part two of our interview with Gianni Russo, the Hollywood Godfather. You know, uh, Gianni, uh, a lot of people haven't followed your career as I have, and uh, not many people know how successful your career as an actor was after The Godfather, how successful you were as an author. Uh, I think a lot of people know what a great show you put on when you when you get out there and sing a song and you sing the kind of music that I love, Frank Sinatra type music. There aren't many people around who can go out there in a supper club and actually sing that kind of music while people are drinking and enjoying. It's really such a pleasure to have you out there doing that. But tell tell our audience a little bit about what happened to Gianni Russo after The Godfather. Well, fortunately, you know, The Godfather, I put a little money into it, 35000 which was a lot of money then. And, the, the, you know, we won three Oscars. I said, well, this is easy. So I went on to make 46 more motion pictures <laughs> that won nine more Oscars. Like Seabiscuit was a great movie. I thought we'd win a lot more Oscars than that. But, you know, talking about fortunate I've been, Any Given Sunday, Striptease, these were big movies. These are not B-class movies. I'm, I'm called up by everybody saying, will you come and do a day here? And I said, no. You know, I got masterpieces on the wall. I'm not going to do a day labor. See you later. But I attribute to my acting and moving on, Marlon Brando was my only acting teacher. He taught me every day. He took a liking to me. Then I found out he really liked my chauffeur because I had a Chinese chick chauffeur at the time. I had a 65 Bentley coming to the set every day. I used to pick him up. He was staying at, at the uh, the uh, hotel on, on 45th Street. He liked that hotel. Because he didn't want to stay at the Park Lane where we all were. And he liked that uh, that bar in there. So I used to pick him up every morning. But to have him as my coach going through my lines, I knew nothing. And as far as singing, my singing teacher was Frank Sinatra. And he took care of me. In fact, the last performance he had at the Sands Hotel just before he retired, he booked me in the Claridge next door in Atlantic City. He was doing one show. I was doing two. And when he left the, st- the stage, he was, was there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Like He booked me there. He would leave the stage and say, listen, my friend is performing next door. I'm going to go over there. I advise you come and say, oh, come over. He'd come out every night, do one or two songs with me. I mean, so I don't think Sinatra supported anybody. Directly and indirectly, as much as he supported me. He opened my nightclub in Las Vegas, Johnny Russo State Street, 13,000 square foot. He brought Dean and Sammy in for three nights every night. They got on stage. They kibitzed. He made, I mean, he baptized my son Luciano. I mean, I don't boast about, you know, a lot of people, just, you know, uh, there's, I, we don't want to mention a couple of names. But, you know, because they met the guy, and he, they slept with him. Get out of here. You know <laughs> Hey, Johnny, you know, when you, Marlon Brando became one of your very best friends and contributed to your success as a businessman but and as an actor, but when he first met you, you had kind of a run-in with him, remember? Well, you know, the reason I remember it well, because, I mean, again, I wasn't an actor, and the only thing I really felt comfortable, 
The first rehearsal was Patsy's on 19th Street. Now, to your audience, they won't know what this. I'll clarify. I used to bring overnight loans up there from Costello. That's the Genovese family. And that's Fat Tony Salerno's club. They used to have Zig and Egg games at night there. So I was up there all the time. So when they put that on the call sheet where to, where to show up on 19th Street, I went up early. I'm dressed in a Brioni suit. I'm at the bar. Danny Pagano Jr., Sr., Tony Parks, Tony Federici, better known as Tony Parks. They were all real guys. Angelo Cheesecake, the Jet. And they said, what are you doing here? I says, I'm here for the rehearsal. For the Godfather? I said, yeah. Let's get out of here. What are you going to do in this movie? And like I told everybody, Matty, I'm in the movie. Let's get, what are you doing? Get out of here. So now we go back there and they see me call in. I go sit in and Coppola addresses everybody in the room. All the actors, all the major actors within the room, 30 people. And he said, before we bring Brando in, nobody approach him. Nobody look at him, have eye contact, nothing. And all these young thespians, you know, they all want to go talk to this guy. He was, a, he was a giant in the business. So 45 minutes go by. Oh, and the other thing Coppola said, for the Italians in the room, I want you to over-exaggerate your hand gestures. Even your mannerisms in eating, we're going to have food on the table. Because all the non-Italians, like James Conn being Jewish, Marlon Brando being Polish, had to become Italian during this week of rehearsals. So the rehearsals go on. They take a break, and Brando comes over to me. I'm just minding my own business. He said, you're a big TV actor. I said, no. He said, you got a big movie coming up. I said, no. He said, well, you're not on Broadway. I know everybody on Broadway. I said, you're right again. I said, this is a quiz show. What are we doing here? He's like, no, I ain't going to let this guy intimidate me. Like, I'm a I'm a wise guy. I'm going to worry about you. You're an actor. So he, with this, he calls Francis over, the director. He says, Francis, you got to rethink this. And I'm saying to myself, what did I just hear? He says, this guy's got to be a great actor. I didn't break down the script. I know nothing about a script. He marries my daughter. He undermines my family for the Barzini's. He gets my oldest son, Sonny, killed. He gets my son, Michael, drawn into the business. He says, you got to get another actor. I said, whoa. So I don't know protocol. I said, Francis, go over there a minute. And he left because he, he didn't hire me, but he heard rumors. He just walked away. The whole room, Matty, you could hear a pin drop. Every actor's looking at, who is this guy? So they said, don't look at Brando. I put my arm on him now. And I walk him to the back because I don't want nobody to hear what I'm going to say to him. I knew nobody was back there. The games were at night. So I go nose to nose to myself. Let me just tell you something, Mr. Brando. All due respect. I know who you are. I love your work. But you get me fired. Listen to me close. You get me fired. I will suck on your heart. You will bleed out right here. You hear me? He looked at me, Maddie. He stepped back. He said, that was brain. He thought I was acting. I meant it. I could never go back to the neighborhood. He got me fired. This day. I knew you were lying. And you know, once you're a liar, you're a liar. That's it in that neighborhood. You know, Johnny, uh, you started off bad with Brando, but he, he and you became great friends. And during the movie, oh he, God, he, yeah. he helped you with the biggest scene in the movie the, with the airline tickets. Tell us about that. The, the scene you're talking to me about, he said that 
When he hands you an airline ticket, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. He said, well, I want you to look at it. You know, this is just a security blanket. You already read the script. You know you're going through the windshield in the next frame. He said, but you've got to let the audience know. You're, we're projecting you on the screen. And he took me scene by scene like that every day. And he came on the set that day. And he was number one. The cast all have numbers. And everybody's on the sleeve. Uh, number one's on the set. He's not on the What's he doing here? Somebody thought they made a mistake on a call sheet. Brando, he is number one. He knows it's him. He says, I'm not here by mistake. I come here to help this kid. The whole, this is what it went on. But I rewarded him, Maddie. Nobody knows this. And your audience going to hear something that's never been said before. Michael LaBelle and Andrew Bergman and I produced three big movies together. Now I'm a producer with them. We did striptease with Demi Moore, Chances Are, and The Freshman with Matthew Broderick and Bruno Kirby. And they wanted Marlon Brando to come back as, call, as you know, uh, Don Corleone, but they were never going to mention it. And they, they got the script sanctioned as long as they didn't mention Godfather. So I hear this with them that they really need him. I got him $15 million for the freshman. And he, he said, why are you doing I said, well, look what you did for me. He said, they're going to give me this money? I said, yeah, hold on. And then when they're ready to give him the money, I said, don't take the money here. He said, what? Because I'm, I'm, I, I was taught by the best of the Biolansky, Frank Costello. I know a lot about business at this point. I said, tell me you want to be paid in Tahiti. They had to fly to Tahiti to pay him because he had a tax exemption there because he's redoing the islands. <laughs> he paid nothing on that. <laughs> Johnny, uh, also, uh, as a result of your friendship with Marlon Brando, you were able to obtain the rights to his name and image that you use on your vodka. Tell us how you pull that one off. Well, I went to him. You know, he was sick at the time. And uh, I helped his son. I don't know how many people know Brendan, his son, killed his attended brother-in-law, Cheyenne's husband, who she was pregnant with. And I just beat a case that was self-defense. So Brando called me that night when this happened, two months later, 1920, I mean, uh, October 80, October 28 and 86, I had an incident in my club. And a guy stabbed a woman. I went to her defense and I wound up killing him. And, you know, it was an inquiry in 10 days and they dropped the charge. So he thought I knew what I was doing. He calls me up two o'clock in the morning. He says, you got to help me. I said, whatever you want. He's my son just shot his brother-in-law. I said, did you call the police yet? He said, no. I said, don't call nobody yet. Who's in the house? He's my daughter, me. And I said, get rid of Cheyenne. I said, guy's going to call you. The guy's going to call you in 10 minutes. I called Shapiro, Robert Shapiro. <laughs> he was introduced to me by Steve Wynn because they thought I needed a lawyer. And then they dropped the case. I need no lawyer. But I got his number, his home number, everything. They gave me because of Steve Wynn. So I called Robert up. He said, what are you calling my house for so late? I said, excuse me. I said, I got a very important client. Tell him to call my office tomorrow. I said, Robert, it's an emergency. He said, who is it? I said, Marlon Brando. He said, give me his number. <laughs> In the morning, this is two o'clock in the morning. At seven o'clock, he's on the seven o'clock news in LA, standing with Brando while they're arraigning 
Brendan. He never forgot that. And that's how and, I got the rights. I got the right. I got the likeness, the voice. I digitized every everything he said in every movie. I got him doing ads in a supermarket for me on year-end uh, island counters. You walk up and he's like, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Try my clemenza sauce. Everybody say, how'd you get this? Which yeah. you know, they all get on the phone and say, he won't believe it. Brando's talking to us in the store. <laughs> Johnny, you have Marlon Brando working for you posthumously, which is quite, quite an accomplishment. Uh, but, you know, in addition to all the films that you made, all the success that you had in the movie industry, and all the success you had on stage as a as a nightclub singer, a supper club singer, an old-time singer. Uh, that was all great, and that was performances. But as a businessman, you're in a lot of businesses right now. Why don't you, why don't you give yourself a few plugs? Tell us what Gianni Russo is doing now. Well, I, I, I became the world ambassador to a, a company that has Corleone Fine Italian Foods in one line. Corleone Fine Italian Foods is in 73 countries. We own Genco Olive Oil. The can that was created in the movie, we own that company now. It was Barbera Olive Oil. And I own a clothing company. This is some of my stuff. And you're going to love the name of my clothing company. La Cosa Mia by Gianni. <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep it in the vein. I got another book coming out. I got, like you mentioned, my vodka. My vodka was picked as the best vodka in the world. What's the name of your What's the name of your vodka, Johnny? Corleone vodka. <laughs> With him <laughs> on the bottle. It's a black uh, bottle. You got to send me a couple of bottles of that. Yeah. But this year, the quarter, the last quarter of this year, we're coming out with a 50-year-old scotch for the celebration of the 50-year-old of the movie. You got to see, it's an etched bottle with his image on that bottle. And then we came out with a, a five-year-old scotch, because everybody can't afford $2,500 for a bottle of scotch. I came out with a 300,000 bottles were being made right now. They're for $49. Everybody's going to do it, collect them. But I got, you know, I got another book coming out, which I'm proud of. What, the what's the name of what's the name of your your first book? I want to plug that too, because that was a great book. That book is still a bestseller. What's the name of it? Hollywood Godfather: My Life in the Movie and the Mob, and Patrick Washburger, who won the Oscar for Coda for New Line Films last year, is got it in development to become a full length feature, over a hundred million dollars. It's going to be a movie. Oh, yeah. And before I let you go, tell us a little bit about your new book and when it's coming out. My, well, let me finish about this book. This book yeah. now, I'm in 17 casinos near you. Go online and then you'll see me from now until New Year's Eve. Doing this show as a one-man show. You're going to see film clips that you're not going to believe. I got stuff on Sinatra, Brando, Marilyn Monroe, who I was fortunate enough to have a, a romance with for the last four years of her life. They're all in this. So that is, that's gone crazy right now. I mean, I'm, I'm on the road already with it. But thank you for allowing me to plug all this. And now my new book is The Sixth Family about Marilyn Monroe and a child that we found is alive, 63-year-old lady, a girl. You know, Johnny, uh, your life has been so exciting that I even forgot, I forgot that you had a relationship 
with Marilyn Monroe. Uh, but I want to ask you one question in closing out. Earlier, you, how many children do you have? I have two daughters, nine sons, 11 grandchildren. I just got my first granddaughter by my my daughter, Adriana. And and how many wives? How many wives have you had? How many wives have you had? I three wives, but ten mothers to my children. Only one lady had two. <laughs> <laughs> well, that at least you know how to take it easy on the woman. You know, a lot of men like to have children, but they don't understand. The, the women don't like to have two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine kids. So, so you're kind enough to spread yourself around and, and to create a big family and not put the burden on any one uh, lady. You're, you're really a very considerate fellow. <laughs> I didn't do it for that reason, but with more interesting, I have children in seven countries, so I have a place to visit. I'm always visiting family. <laughs> okay, Johnny, on that pleasant note, we're going to sign off. Uh, today, I guess, instead of a view from Mulberry Street, it's a view from Gianni Russo. And what a great, great guy you are. I'm so happy to have you on the show, and I hope that you're going to be back again, because believe it or not, the people don't know. You've got a lot more stories than what you've told today. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, and thank you for having me and Neil and everybody else that's involved. God bless. Okay. So I guess that's a wrap on A View from Mulberry Street for today.